This is Jeff Chrisman, and I'm here at Art Space at Untitled, continuing the conversation with Laura Warner. Laura, I thought what we would do is, uh, if I could ask you a little bit uh, uh, to share about the current exhibit, uh, to make everyone aware of what's, what's going on here currently. About four years ago, the State Arts Council uh, contacted us and asked if they would like to give gift us 68 works of art on paper that they had acquired over the years. And primarily these works were from the 70s and 80s. So we said yes, that we would like, if they wanted to gift that to us, we would be honored to have it. So we have a archival uh, storage facility here in the building that has controlled temperature and stuff like that. And so we house a, some different kinds of art in our archival space. And this is the first time that we have shown the, some of these works. When we were given these works, they were in terrible condition because primarily in the 70s and 80s and 60s, artists didn't really know that much or weren't too concerned with what was going to happen to their art when it was on paper. And so they would take it to a frame shop and a framer would frame it and then they'd, it'd hang on their walls forever. And so that's what uh, this collection was, is work that had been poorly framed and had not been archivally done. So the work is extremely damaged when we were taking them out of the mats and stuff like that, we tried to remove all of the bad tapes and stuff that they used back in those days and clean them up as much as we possibly could to kind of keep them from deteriorating any longer than what they had in the past. This exhibition actually we frame them, but we expose all of the image to you, and you get to see what happens when um, you do not frame your work uh, correctly. For a lot of people, they still may have some of these works in their hanging in their house, and they have no idea what damage is being done to them. Paper will last forever, and some of the oldest works known to man today are paper, but they have to have some understanding of the material itself to be able not to destroy it. And wood is not one of the things that you want to uh, expose your paper to. Hmm. So the wood pulp, I mean, papers that you use every day in your life are wood pulp papers. And wood deteriorates. It just, it's acidic and it just eventually deteriorates. The uh, fine art works that we show and that most artists work on are rag content, so they're either linen or cotton mm. is, the, is what they're made of, not trees. And uh, because of that, that paper will last for centuries if it is not treated improperly. And so most of this <clears throat> paper and most of the work that you see here are the uh, rag content fibers, but they were smooshed between two wood pulp 
papers, and so the wood pulp then went in and damaged the and kind of burns the the fibers. Hmm. So if you've never seen this and you have artwork in your house and you would be interested in seeing what it probably looks like <laughs> behind that mat, come and see this exhibition. It will be up uh, the rest of this month. We're showing these beautiful works of art that we haven't been able to find these artists. And I'm sure there are some of them that are still living and working in in the Oklahoma area, but we haven't been able to locate any of them. So there are a few of them that that I know have passed away. And I have talked to a couple of them that we've been able to identify, but it's kind of interesting. So it's a really beautiful exhibition of what artists were kind of concerned with and uh, thinking about in the 60s and 70s and 80s. And primarily, most of these are in this exhibit are from the 70s and the 80s. So we also, because prints primarily are within a 22 by 30 uh, image size, because that's what you call a, a regular sheet of like watercolor or printmaking paper. There's another size that's 29 by 44, and that's what we call a double elephant. And so that was about as large of sheets that you can actually buy that paper in. Otherwise, you have to buy it in rolls. So those are kind of the, the sizes that most prints and most paper pieces are. So I wanted to have some large-scale works that were also done by the same artists that are in the State Arts Council collection. It just so happened that I was told about Anne and Frank Dave, I mean, excuse me, Anne and Frank Dennis, and they were collectors of art back during the days of the Contemporary Arts Foundation, the CAF from the 60s, hmm. when I believe that it burned down in the 60s. So I don't know exactly what year it started, but it was a really avant-garde uh, movement in Oklahoma City in the 50s and 60s. And and part of, that, of it was, during that same time, was the Mummers Theater which you've probably heard of. So there was a lot of kind of avant-garde things going on in the arts here during that uh, time. And apparently Anne and Frank Dennis were big supporters of J.R. and Fran Witt, who started the CAF. Hmm. They have since, their collection uh, went to one of their children, and they made these three large paintings available to us to exhibit with this collection from the State Arts Council because they are artists from Oklahoma who are part of the collection of the State Arts Council. And I thought tying those two together would be a really make it really good exhibition. So there are these three very large canvas pieces that are also included in this exhibition. So when this exhibition is over, the paper pieces will come out of the frames and go back into the flat files 
to be available for people to come and uh, make an appointment to come and look at at the work out of the files. So we give them gloves and we give them a place where they can sit and look at them and study them and do write papers or do anything that they want to. We also, in this uh, archive, have the collection of Diane Jackson, who was a photographer from Oklahoma City, and she passed away several years ago, and her, her collection of all of her work, hundreds if not thousands of photographs, were gifted to us as well. And we have had one large show of hers, and we'll probably have another show, a smaller show, in our one of our galleries later on as well. But she was very well known and traveled all over the world and was a really, really good photographer. And so we are honored to kind of have her work here as well in our, in our space. I was, uh, and it's very interesting as far as some of the, uh, what, I, what I find uh, very intriguing is that as you were talking about some of the artists that created these works that are on exhibit now or, or you know, not, not, you're not able to find them necessarily or know where they are. And just as an example of that, I, and I think when I was talking to you when I was here last week, I think you had mentioned, was it John O'Neill? Uh -huh. And I had never heard of him at all. Uh -huh. And what I thought was very interesting is I went on the Internet because I was very curious. Uh -huh. the, I, I believe it's at the piece here in the in, when I was coming in the back yes. entrance. Uh -huh. And I had just, and it, and it felt like it took me back to my childhood. Uh -huh. I remember my parents had a few abstract pieces, you know, that were from the early 60s. Uh -huh. And I feel like I hadn't seen anything quite like that, and, and, you know, as far as seeing it, you know, in person in quite a right. while. And I looked him up on the internet, and it was so refreshing in some ways, and it may sound strange, I wasn't able to find out that much about him. I found one photograph and just a little bit about his life, but it was almost as if I had, they had to work a little bit to try to find anything out about him at all. That's interesting. He spent most of his uh, life in Houston, Texas. I think he taught maybe at Rice or something. Hmm. I, sh I should do more research on that. But I, I do remember in the 70s when I would be going to Houston to the museums and stuff like that at that time Betty Moody uh, gallery carried his work and she's the one that told me that he was from he was from Oklahoma he lived there but uh -huh. he had actually come from Oklahoma and because I did not know him as an as uh, somebody from Oklahoma until I saw his work in Texas and found out that he had was from here but he was revered as one of the, you know, mainstay artists of Houston for many, many, many years. But he's been dead for quite a while, too. So, mm. you know, the Internet, when if you died before the Internet, there's not much about you unless <laughs> kind of interesting, you know, how I, I suppose if somebody would put him in Wikipedia, was he in Wikipedia? I didn't, I unless I overlooked it. Yeah. I, I was surprised that I didn't see anything, anything about him there. Yeah, either. well, I think he... He's been dead for quite a while, so mm. I think that that's the this sadness about, you know, about some of these artists that it's hard to find. And also, you, some people don't want to be found, you know. Oh, yeah. So it's kind <laughs> of interesting, because you think that, I mean, you, 
people are probably saying, well, why couldn't she find out? I mean, we have the Internet. You can find anybody, you know. Oh, yeah. But that does take a lot of time and energy and stuff, and then you you still have a hard time. Now, I, I know Bob Barker, and I've known him forever, and he is still alive and is is kind of ill right now, so he did not. He was not able to come to the opening, but we have this gigantic painting of his that is just breathtaking. Oh, oh yeah, it just is so gorgeous. I I talked to his wife the other day, hoping that they would maybe be able to come, but he, I think he just had an operation or something, and so he wasn't able to come. And then the other large painting is by an artist, Ron Radcliffe. And in my search for him, I don't think he lives here anymore. I think he lives in, like, North Carolina or something. So hmm. uh, so those the those three artists were not uh, available to come. So that was kind of interesting. But this show comes down, I'm sorry to tell you that I don't have right in front of me when it comes down, but it will be up for about a month. And then our next exhibition is um, every year during March, we have, well, so I keep forgetting we are in March, aren't we? It's going too, so, it's going quickly, isn't it? So this show probably will come down in two weeks. Oh, okay. So it will not be up for that much longer, actually, because at the end of the month, we open up our mentorship exhibition and so all of these kids that I was telling you about they work the whole year and then they submit to be juried into an exhibition so even though they work all year long does not mean that they get to be in the exhibition hmm. we are trying to teach these kids from the very get go that being an artist is got its challenges and if you can't take rejection it's uh it's you, there's no reason to be an artist because your whole life is pretty much if you're a creative you have to submit to uh scrutiny and so we are going to have this juried exhibition and we send the works the slides or images of the works off and have somebody outside of us do the juring of the exhibition so that we don't have any personalities that go into the work. It's just hmm. strictly done by, uh, they don't know who the artist is or anything about it. They just judge it by the images, what will make a good exhibition. So we will open that up the end of this month. And... It's inspiring to see the talent uh, coming out of these high school students. It's pretty astounding, pretty amazing. If they want to come and see some really inspiring work that's being done by these little sophomore, junior, and high school students, it's, uh, it's, it's, it will make you smile because the work that they're doing is pretty incredible. So uh, that will be our next exhibition in March, and it will be up for a month as well. And then we will have our Steamroller Festival, which is going to be this huge in, involved one-day festival 
where we will have a hundred artists who have been working for months and months and months on carving wood. We lay those out and run a steamroller uh, across them and and transfer the image from the wood block onto paper. It's a fun uh, festival and you get to watch how how these wood blocks are inked and how they're laid out in this gigantic, you know, five-ton machine runs over them. And we'll have food trucks and bands and uh, pop-up shops and all kinds of stuff. So it's a really fun all-day from 10 in the morning till 6 at night. And then afterwards, we will have our, a deep do session, live music, uh, out in the garden until midnight. Oh, wow. So it's a long day, but a, a lot of fun, and it's kids-friendly. We have a kid's tent where they design their own T-shirts, and we print them for them, and they take them home with them. Oh, it's really neat. And it's their design that they they do the drawing, and we uh, print it onto a T-shirt. So we have all kinds of programming that for kids as well. So it's a family-friendly day to spend. So that's what's happening through, that's April the 28th. Oh, okay. And then we, we have a couple of other exhibitions, and we have a one of our artist-in-residence who is coming to work in the studio for three months. I mean, three, excuse me, two weeks. And he is head of the... Uh, art department in Missoula, Montana, mm. and he's coming here for two weeks. He will be teaching two weeks at Quartz Mountain, working with the high school students there, and then he leaves there and comes here and works for two weeks. So we'll be doing, um, he'll he'll be printing here in the work, in our workshop and stuff, so that'll be great. And uh, we have a mentorship summer camp just for the membership kids, not for anybody else. And they're actually going to be making outdoor sculpture out in the garden, and that will be in June. Then our June exhibition that will run, it's an extra long exhibition, it will be June, July, in the first part of August, is a quilt exhibition hmm. by local modern quilters. And there will be programming daily during that exhibition. They will be teaching classes. They will be, uh, they will bring in a long arm, and they will be. They'll do every kind of programming that you can even imagine, and there's something happening every day for those two months. Oh wow! So the programming is going to be really exciting and we're trying to bring in a couple of artists from uh, one from New Mexico to teach a workshop a three-day workshop so we're still working on some of the programming that we might bring in so there we may have actually two workshops from uh, artists that we're bringing in from out of state that that have to do with fiber not necessarily quilting but fiber so Stay tuned. Go to 1ne3.org and find out what our programming is and what we have coming up. Sounds like a lot of exciting yeah. things coming up here in the yes, next few months. Does. Very exciting. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Laura. This has You're been welcome. wonderful visiting with you, and yeah, I feel like I've learned a lot as well, and I really yeah. appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.